1: Before we get into the main podcast it's just a quick message. This podcast was recorded over a month ago and the reason why I wasn't able to bring it out earlier was my health. As many of you know I do have cancer and I was having chemotherapy and so it really did take a lot out of me and so I wanted to put this podcast out a long time ago but alhamdulillah I wasn't able to. But Alhamdulillah it's out now and what I wanted to say which isn't mentioned in the podcast is that um, Hanan who's my guest has written a chapter for my book Hands Off Our Hijab and it's now in the book because there are more details which we weren't able to go into in the podcast which she has included in that chapter and I when I first wrote that book hands off our hijab the whole hijab bands in India had not even happened but I thought it was so important to have that chapter in the book because that is something that is so relevant and is affecting our sisters so immensely in India and I wanted someone from India who could write about what's happening and and knows firsthand what our sisters are going through so that's in there and Alhamdulillah, the one main reason that chapter was we were able to write that was because I have patrons. Um, They're people who they um, they give me money through my patron um, account every month, and I use that money to pay Hanan to write the chapter because I think it's so important that when Muslim women writers, especially ones who are not living in the West who are putting their time and effort into writing, they should be paid for their work. And my patrons, they, alhamdulillah, reward them and bless them. They're constantly in my du'as. They made that possible. So inshallah, if you would like to support my work and the work of writers, because I will be asking more writers, Muslim women internationally, who are writers to include chapters in my my upcoming books and my existing books if you'd like to support that work you can even just donate a pound or a dollar it's completely up to you but um the link for my patreon is in the the notes for this podcast but that's the message I just wanted to let you know so inshallah, I hope you enjoy this podcast and I just like to thank you all for your duas as well for my health uh, may Allah, you know, improve your health and the health of your families as well. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar alaikum. And welcome back to the Smart Muslimer podcast. Inshallah, today we are going to be speaking about the rising injustices against the Muslims in India and the hijab ban protests in Karnataka. Now, today I have with me. Hanan Irfan, she's an engineer, an independent writer and a teacher who lives in India. And I thought it's so important to hear from sisters who are living in India, who can then really explain to the rest of us who are not in the middle of the problems that they they are facing, that they can tell us what is happening. And really what we, we as Muslims who are not facing these problems, what can we do to help inshallah?
2: As-salamu alaykum Hanan. Wa alaykum Farhad. I'm um, very grateful to be back back on the podcast with you. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah, to what's been, Inshallah to discuss what's been going on in India. Yes, alhamdulillah. Uh, yeah, you have you have
1: been on the podcast previously. We were discussing Khalid Husaini's books, isn't that right? Right and yeah and th- that was such a popular podcast Hannah, and I, it's had so many listens uh, so alhamdulillah i'm i'm so happy I'm so to, glad. <laughs> uh, to to have you back on so really please let could you Explain to us what is going on in India regarding that in some schools in uh, Karnataka in particular, why has the hijab been banned?
2: Right. Uh, So I think um, it's not just Karnataka anymore. Uh, Actually, this started from the very beginning of this year. Uh, It started on January 1st when six Muslim hijabi girls in a college in Karnataka, they were stopped from entering the college. And uh, they were told that the hijab is not a part of the uniform. So they will not be allowed to attend the classes. The problem is that these girls had been wearing hijab since the first day they had started attending the college. Some of them had been wearing it for three years. So it was uh, really weird that all of a sudden this order had been passed that um, they will no longer be allowed to do that. So obviously they protested. And the next thing we hear that several other colleges across Karnataka are following the same ban. And Mm -hmm. it was, um, yeah, so uh, it was really weird to us. Like, uh, how is it that all of a sudden, uh, this issue that had not been brought up previously, and suddenly so many of these colleges are doing the same thing, that is banning hijab. And Mm -hmm. uh, it spread from college to college, and then from district to district, and now it's no longer just Karnataka. It is um, spreading like a wildfire throughout the country in uh, different states from south to the north, so. What happened was that these girls finally uh, filed a petition in the court, and then um, meanwhile, uh, the, as the case is going on in the court, there were lots of protest demonstrations, and uh, while Muslims were demonstrating and protesting, uh, they were heckled and uh, they were countered by a lot of Hindu goons, so who tried to protest uh, with saffron shawls. So here they are trying to draw an equivalence between a hijab and saffron shawls. And uh, the significance of saffron being that saffron is the color of um, Hindu supremacy or a Hindutva. And uh, so they said that in, if uh, Muslims are going to be allowed to display their religious symbols or to display their religion in public, so we will do the same. And uh, they started um, harassing public officials and creating a lot of breakdown of law and order. And they threaten that as long as Muslims uh, continue to wear hijab in public institutions, we will continue this demonstration. Mm-hmm. So this is the current situation till now. The court has offered no relief. There are demonstrations after demonstration, protest after protest. And finally, the court has just passed an interim order saying that uh, Muslim students should not insist on uh, wearing the hijab as long as the verdict is still being uh, decided upon so I this see. is the current
1: situation that we are mm-hmm. so now previous to um the the span now in india like alhamdulillah there are millions of muslims you know compared there are more muslims in yeah. india than in pakistan and I 200 million muslims 200 million spanla I, I didn't know that and so and the norm in india well relations between let's say b- before the bjp and you know, um, uh, Modi's government has come into power. Would you say that relations between Muslims and Hindus was better?
2: Mm, That is a pretty tricky question because um, communal polarization has always been a problem in India, whether you see it before independence or you see it after independence. But as long as we are talking about comparisons, then I would say that yes, definitely, um, the communalism has become more brazen. I wouldn't say that it has, um, I don't know, like started right now, mm-hmm. or it is something new. Definitely not. The communalism, anti-Muslim, hatred, Islamophobia has always been a problem in India. The only difference is that it has become very brazen. Earlier, people would like have these Islamophobic conversations um, within their homes, you know, and they wouldn't be so like brazen about it. But now everything is being done in the open and they're very proud of their Islamophobia.
1: Mm -hmm. And is that because they know that um, officials or the police, they will not do anything about, you know, if they act upon or even say
2: things? Definitely. Even though. Previous to the BJP, the Congress government uh, did not do much for Muslims and in fact, uh, you know, put the segregation and margini- marginalization of Muslims into place. It was not so brazen about it. It acted like uh, they are allies of Muslims. But the BJP, um, they have been very open about this. And they have specifically directed the police and the government officials to not take any actions against uh, anti-Muslim riots or pogroms. Just as we speak right now, um, there is a riot going on in Karnataka. So mm-hmm. uh, Hindu goons, yeah. So Hindu goons, uh, they have transported trucks of stones and rocks and brought them into Muslim areas. And they, they are pelting these stones at Muslim businesses and property and homes. Mm-hmm. And several people have been, have been beaten up. So just as we speak, this is going on yeah. and the police is doing absolutely nothing.
1: I, I know. And and one of the reasons why I felt it was so important to do this podcast is because we are not hearing about this in the news. You know, the BBC, they're not talking about it. Uh, I don't know. Is Sky talking about it? Maybe Al Jazeera is speaking about it. Muslim outlets, I think, are. But it it's being underreported. And what will be reported is... You know, India is the biggest democracy in the world. There's certain things that people know about India. So, okay, Bollywood and the food, and and just to talk about tourism and and how economically well it's doing. But the this behavior is, you know, the you know the anti-Muslim, you know, the violence. It's all under the radar, and I, I do think that we okay, well, we need to know about it. But and also it's. Because then we inshallah and we'll speak about this later in the podcast as far as what you as a Muslim living in India, what you feel we can do to help. But I'm, I'm interested that, you know, in the Muslims in India, just like the Muslims anywhere in the world, when it comes to hijab, everyone knows it's an, you know, it's an obligation. It's part of our culture. It's part of our, you know, it's just part of our DNA. Everyone knows Muslim women, they wear hijab, you know, some, you know, some, some don't, but the majority, it's not even... Um, a matter of question but when I was doing some reading around this topic there seems to be this ridiculous narrative uh, that's being um, propagated by Hindus in particular Hindu fundamentalists that somehow hijab is not even obligatory anymore that somehow the people the girls who are wearing it they are extremists.
2: Definitely, and uh, uh, though I like to point out, this is not a stance of just Hindu extremists. This is a very liberal stance uh, in India. It is actually considered a very tolerant stance to believe that uh, hijab is not an obligation. We have these um, public intellectuals and feminists and women rights groups and um, several renowned uh, TV uh, reporters and journalists, and even inside the court. The lawyers are arguing whether hijab is a fundamental or an essential part of Islam or not. And somehow they are trying to establish that hijab is not essential. And if it's not essential, why are you insisting on wearing the hijab? So somehow, uh, this issue that was about protecting the practices of the minority people, that is the Muslims in India, it has somehow become about how these minority the Muslims are insisting on practicing something that is not even essential just for the sake of, uh, you know, uh, polarizing people or asserting their religion. I so see. the victims have been criminalized. And yes. this is a very liberal discussion, I would say. It mm. is not considered extremist in India to be so openly against hijab.
1: Hmm. Well, yeah, it reminds me of the uh, the similar attitude that is, is exists in France, where they're saying that when women wear hijab and when Muslims show openly show symbols of their religion, that somehow that they are causing segregate They are segregating themselves. So it's exactly. a you know it's a very it's interesting that India and France are using the same argument. But India, would you how would you say that India is like in my understanding India is supposed to be a secular country it's like they want to force Hinduism more into society and this very proud like you know Hindu culture that they want to it's like they want India to be even more Hindu but are the I'm wondering you know the young you know in every country the youth are usually are, are becoming more liberal and they are more secular So I'm wondering that in these schools and colleges, and even just in India generally, the Hindu youth, are they, are any of them speaking up against this? Are any of them, you know, they must have Muslim friends, um, because I'm comparing it to here when, for example, the Black Lives Matter protests happened, you had white youth, you had, you know, Asian, they were all, everyone was very united that yes, racism is wrong, this, you know, kind of prejudice is wrong, violence against black people is wrong. Is there any kind of sentiment like that amongst the Hindu youth in India?
2: Unfortunately, uh, I cannot sugarcoat this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to be very realistic about what's happening on ground. Yes. Uh, when the hijabi girls started protesting against their colleges, they were faced uh, with their own classmates, the, their own colleagues who came to college uh, wearing uh, saffron turbans and saffron shawls and saying that um, they're not able to uh, concentrate on their studies because these Muslim girls are asserting their religion and and if these Muslim girls are allowed to practice theirs, then they will practice their own Hindu religion. And the matter of fact is that Muslims have never protested against Hindus showing the religion if they want to dress yes. in there. Yeah, exactly. So we have never protested against that. But they are drawing a false equivalence between hijab and saffron shawls. So it was these very classmates of these girls who turned against them. Mm-hmm. Then secondly, I'd say that on social media, you'd find... Um, some sentiment of liberal Hindus who would say that okay, um, we are against hijab, it is very patriarchal, but we support uh, the rights of the minorities, so it's a very conditional support that is coming from the liberal Hindus, mm-hmm. and that too only on social media. When we talk on ground, there's absolutely no support, I will not sugarcoat it. No the support, are, yeah. The mm-hmm. protests are being led by Muslims, Muslim men and Muslim women, girls and boys, uh, but from the majority community, there is only lip service and no actual concrete step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that because when I was
1: looking for, I was looking to see on
2: Twitter, is there,
1: you know, Hindu thinkers, you know, liberal Hindu writers, where are they? And I couldn't see any support. You know, I'm even thinking, you know, you have like Hindu actors, you know, famous ones. Has, I don't suppose they've meant, said anything either because they, they don't want to be aligned with the Muslims.
3: How up?
2: Um, I'd say that um, even the ones who are supporting are merely doing lip service on social media Mm -hmm. because them tweeting a thing or two, it does not change the ground reality. And even among them, the majority of people are offering very conditional support. For example, some would say, okay, allow the hijab, but not the niqab. So you cannot dictate how a girl, how a Muslim woman would follow her religion. So the support is very conditional. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it amounts to anything unless you unconditionally stand with the persecuted community.
1: Yes, exactly. And this is it, that because the, the the Hindus are in the majority. And, you know, if, for example, here you have, you know, progressive people who would call themselves Hindu and they are progressive as well, or Indians who are progressive. And I don't see, again, there isn't that noise and that awareness being created that you saw with the Black Lives Matter, uh, the comparisons are like, you know, night and day that when it comes to a Muslim issue and a, in particular, okay, you, you mentioned the word patriarchy because then that's the thing that, or, you know, you, there's been silence from the feminists. I have not Definitely. seen. When I think of, um, okay, like for example, Kate Winslet on her um, Instagram, She when the Taliban took uh, over Afghanistan, again, that very stereotypical picture of a girl in a blue, woman in a blue burqa. And again, saying that some, you know, certain the women's lives are, you know, have gone back into the dark ages, and I'm thinking you're an actress, but you feel you feel you have to um, negatively comment on the situation of Muslim women, even though you have no understanding, you haven't visited, you haven't spoken to these women. And again, who's who's that other woman, um, Angelina Jolene, You know, all the usual suspects. Even yeah. Malala, I don't know. H- have you whether Malala Yousafzai has commented, I hope she has because. She should, because this is education and this is women, two things that she does care a lot about.
2: Yes, but, Malala has commented on this. Oh, alhamdulillah, she good.
1: Excellent. Yeah, I, so yeah, again, So again, credit where credit's due, you know, male water for raising this issue. You know, I've seen, there's a reverb brother, Sonny B. Williams, he's a, an Australian, he's a very famous sports person. On his Instagram page, he said, I support this, my sisters in India. And that I, you know, he's saying I'm sending you love and duas. And the thing is that that it's that kind of support that sisters in India it, who are facing, I like my heart breaks. Like I think of my own daughter, I think of myself. that If I was forced to choose between studying or where, you know, following my religion, especially if you're not, if you're poor, you know, if if education is a way out of poverty or you know, it's a very hard, it's not an easy decision to make, you know, and may Allah make it easy for them. It, it does make me think there's Muslims. Again, I'm now I'm wondering, what about the Muslim famous actors? I, I know I don't have a I'm hope I'm I have
2: good hopes for them. Have they spoken about this? Absolutely not. Oh God. <laughs> <That's> not the- <laughs> Yes, I, I think when one thinks of India, and um, you're not in India, you're not an in Indian, there are two things that one thinks of, one is Taj Mahal, and the other would be Shah Rukh Khan. Oh, that's it, so, I'm thinking of the Khans, I'm definitely. thinking of Amir Khan, Shah Khan, and I
1: can't stand Salman Khan, but you know, <laughs> so okay, is it radio silence from
2: them then? Absolutely. Um, so I think it is a very layered, first of all, uh, that um, the elite Muslims who do not have much to lose, and they're essentially very demuslimized themselves, like the uh, hands of Bollywood. Mm-hmm. So they do not want to risk their own career and their own popularity by speaking on politics. So mm-hmm. they have always remained very apolitical. Yet, despite that, the current government is out to get them. For yes. Example, yes. So, no matter how much you try to demuslimize yourself and you try to separate yourself from Islam, they will come for you. But mm-hmm. I guess they do not realize that. So, yeah, yeah that's it. This, from them. Yeah, this is it that you think uh, you, why not? Like,
1: I, they are multi millionaires and there are a number of Muslims in high positions. And you think, I was thinking, you could gain so much reward. You could, you could secure your Jannah by speaking up and you know you and helping your sisters but it's such a shame that they've chosen money and fame and, and prestige Definitely. over helping whereas alhamdulillah there are men, there are famous muslims who you know they've decided we don't care if we lose sponsorships we will speak about muslim international issues exactly uh, you know alhamdulillah may allah reward them for that so you know life for a muslim living in india so there's now this hijab ban is happening that Are Muslims finding that they're having to, like, do do they tend to then think, okay, I mustn't be so visible about my Islam, you know, men and women, Do you find people are changing their behavior to, you know, to protect themselves?
2: Well, definitely, there are always people who try to distance themselves from Islam or the persecuted identity in order to save themselves. But it eventually comes to get them. You cannot distance yourself forever. Mm -hmm. But uh, in the specific hijab case, it is very strategic, the timing and everything, um, because um, the exams for colleges are merely uh, one or two months away and uh, so they especially brought raised this issue right now because it would harm the studies of these girls mm-hmm. so they will be they cannot afford to escape college if they uh, skip uh, college right now they'll lose an entire year so many of the girls are in, and many of the girls are in the situation where they have to choose between wearing hijab and, uh, you know, missing an entire year of college, maybe the entire degree, or just like, you know, settling for another month and taking off their hijab and going in. Yes. So it is a very, very difficult situation. Many of them have chosen to protest and not attend the classes, but there are many people, especially Muslim women who are working, who are running their homes on their salaries. They cannot yes. afford to quit. And mm-hmm. Muslims are a very, very marginalized community in India, probably the most marginalized community. Mm-hmm. So. So uh, one cannot expect them to give up their livelihood, especially where they're coming from. So many women and they have chosen to maybe take off their hijab at the gate they come from their homes in hijab and uh, before the gate, they take off their hijab because they need to earn, Mm -hmm. they need to run their homes. And obviously we cannot blame them. So uh, it is very humiliating because um, the media and the camera people, they wait for these women to come to the gates and they hide. And while they are taking off their hijab and the niqab, they record it. And then they it on social media for the whole world to see. So yeah. It is very, very humiliating.
1: It's, it's disgusting. And and this is it that they do. that they, They're choosing. The, they, this just shows how cowardly they are. That they're choosing the weakest, um, the sisters Absolutely. who are the most vulnerable, who are in the weakest position. And then they're and then they're doing like putting pressure on them. This is what it is. is this just shows how disgusting and ca- again, how low these people are. That the uh, the fact that they do not intellectually they cannot convince, they know they've lost um the battle intellectually is so these the our sisters will never leave Islam, you know, they'll always have the belief. But then they thought, what can we pick on? You know, what's the weak spot? And that's what they've chosen. And Absolutely. that shows. Uh, you know how as far as hinduism we didn't no one (laughs) we don't no one who's listening to this podcast needs to be told about the you know to worship idols is just makes no sense you know their religion they their caste system they even oppress their own people
2: yeah, I think um that is a really complex um, uh, discussion,, yes. because um, what is Hinduism and whether they form a communal majority or not, that is still something uh, that is in great debate even in India, and whether the lower castes and uh, your tribal people they recognize themselves or as Hindus because there are several lower castes who have been fighting to um, liberate themselves from these clutches of this blanket idea of Hinduism mm-hmm. and uh, to be labeled uh, under the caste uh, hierarchy that uh, Brahmanism has created. So I believe that that is a very um, complex discussion Mm -hmm. which uh, cannot be you know handled in this podcast oh yes
1: oh yeah definitely yeah we're not going to go into that but just to if anyone listening is interested and has the time I would definitely say to research the you know Hindu when I was at college I actually did read but I remember just being flabbergasted that this is the religion and that what what can the Muslims so a Muslim who's listening to the podcast what should what should we be doing to help the Muslims in India, like if you could give us just – either three practical things that we can do that would make a difference, inshallah.
2: I think that social media has a lot of power because the mainstream media often tends to ignore these narratives that are coming from Muslims and tends to plaster their own uh, liberal and you know conditional support that they have or their own interpretation. So um, I believe what global Muslims can do is that reshare what Muslim women are talking about and what they are doing in India right now. So yeah, just spread awareness in social media. Secondly, I think that I have seen in a lot of places like Kuwait, and maybe in some places in Europe, I'm not sure, where uh, Muslim women have started demonstrations before the Indian embassy and mm-hmm. uh, against um, you know this hijab ban. So I think. Um, that can build some pressure because India is very conscious of its uh, image abroad and it wants to maintain that image of unity and diversity and secularism and whatnot. And uh, it would be really harmful for India to see that image uh, being um, crushed down. Mm-hmm. So there are two things that we can do. And thirdly, obviously, there is no uh, substitute for dua. Mm -hmm. Um, We would ask Muslims to across the world to make as much dua as possible, because it's not just about hijab, it's not just uh, about uh, the way we dress. Um, I'm sure you must have heard about uh, Professor Gregory Stanton, um, the founder of Genocide Watch, who recently made a statement that India is dangerously close to a genocide, Muslim genocide. Mm
3: -hmm. And he
2: was the one who had even predicted the Rwandan genocide. So um, we are not in an easy situation. We do not know what could happen anytime. Anything can escalate into a pogrom. Anything can lead to thousands of deaths. So it's a very precarious situation. And I believe there is no substitute to dua in this.
1: Yes. So, yes, you're right. I, I did read about his his report. And, you know, you mentioned that, you know, the the ban has has started to spread like wildfire. And there are and examples of teachers now being sacked and being told to not wear hijab at school the, a sister she, she posted about this um i saw a video where the sister went to vote and it was in tamil nadu and a man said to leave you can't vote but the people in the polling station said to him no you leave so alhamdulillah they they stuck up for the sister but it's like they like you said they are they're getting very uh, emboldened in thinking that uh, the way Absolutely. they can treat treat the muslims and so you exactly. so, alhamdulillah so so, so those three, so sharing on social media, speaking about it, you know, that's something that I've been doing and I'm going to continue doing, but everyone, you know, there are Muslims who, so for example, you're very active on um, Instagram, would you, would you say you are or not really? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what would you like to share your Instagram handle? Because I've been looking at your posts. So that's why I've been looking at, seeing articles and getting information. So your ha- Instagram handle is? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I think you can add my Instagram handle in the description. OK, I'll do that, inshallah. Now, it's interesting what you said about protests, because I was actually thinking I, that is something I, I, I was thinking we need to have that in England because we have a lot of Muslims here and and I know they would turn up. For that, because we had a very big protest about in support of the Uyghur Muslims when we have Palestine protests, Alhamdulillah Mashallah, the Muslims in Britain always turn out because they love, you know, we are one ummah what we are one body, when one yes. part hurts. And again, you're right, it's it's shaming India and they need to be shamed. And that publicity needs to happen. So I I'm I've already got that in my notebook. Inshallah, that's something that we we do need to organize. And sorry, what was the third one that you said? Dua. <laughs> the
2: most
1: how can i forget that yes and i think that is something i think we have no excuse not to every single one of us can do dua if we just include the muslim i know we we speak we do dua for palestine we do dua for the muslims of yemen we do the dua for the muslims in um the Uyghur muslims of china and and now we need to add uh, you know it's sad that we now our list is going longer and longer but that is the least we can do for Definitely. our for the muslims of india um but Alhamdulillah, you've also written um, an article for Traversing Tradition, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so inshallah, if you know, and um, what was the title of the article for, for the listeners? Uh,
2: Hindutua Project versus the Indian Muslim Women, I think.
1: Okay, so yes, yeah, so Alhamdulillah, definitely um, tra- TraversingTradition.com. They also have another article, Islamophobia and the hijab ban in India. And so I think we, if we just make an effort to keep ourselves educated about this um, and keep speaking about it because, um, you know, who else is going to speak up
2: if, if we're speak up? You know who will, and, it, and yeah, just because as Muslim women, we are not finding a lot of support in the Indian society, or we are not finding any support beyond our own community. So when we see global Muslims speaking for us and protesting and demonstrating, it gives us a lot of moral support to carry on our resistance. So I think that means a lot.
1: Yeah, Alhamdulillah, it does. You. I, I completely understand what you mean um so inshallah you know we are got inshallah we're going to, to, to practically start doing something to help you know may allah keep the muslims of india safe and you know and and turn their oppressors away and and, and change mm-hmm. you know change the current government to a a government well you know allah will change the government to one that will will not be oppressing the Muslims that that is ultimately what we need and also I do think you know the, the Muslim we sometimes we I must admit I've kind of given up on hoping that the Muslim governments will do something you know even internet I don't know if internationally any of them have criticized India have have you know really you know sh- again publicly shamed
2: them like I don't know if Imran Khan has brought this up um, I am not sure I'm yet to hear from um, governments speaking up against India or taking up in their parliaments. Maybe they are. Or I'm just not aware. Yeah. Um, but yes. So but I think that it, um, I think uh, the bigger thing is that when we talk about Umma, we are not talking about the governments we are looking at the people in different countries, what, uh, how they are supporting us, how they are morally supporting us and speaking about us. Because we can understand that the governments in a lot of places are oppressive, even though they pretend to be Muslims. Mm -hmm. They can be oppressive and they do not have our best interest at heart. So that doesn't mean that the global Muslims are not supporting us just because their government is not speaking up. We know, we have seen a lot of support from global Muslim population. And I think that itself means a lot to us.
1: Okay. Yes. Alhamdulillah. I think you put that really well. Yeah. You're right. They may have Muslim or Islamic in the name, but they do not rule by Islam. And so, yes, Alhamdulillah. I think, I think the take home message for the listeners is that we really need to step up. If we're not going to step up now, uh, you know, I am, I am so fearful that on the day of judgment, I will be asked, what did I do within my ability, within my sphere of influence? Allah will ask us, what did you do for your sisters? You know, that, and that's a question we need to ask. What answer are we going to give on the Day of Judgment? Because Absolutely. it will be asked. But, you know, we, don't, we do not play lip service to saying we are brothers and sisters. You know, so, Absolutely. you know, I think that's something I think we're going to end the podcast there. And inshallah, I'll put details in the, in the description of the podcast for where to find more information. But jazakallah khair, Hanan, as usual, your mashallah. Thank you for coming i hope to speak to you again very soon
2: inshallah thank you so much for calling um, it was great being back here again with you thank you so much assalamu alaykum assalamu alaykum mainstream
1: media outlets do not cater for the needs of you as a muslim there are topics which they will completely ignore for example the hijab ban that is happening in india the islamophobia that muslim women all over in the west are facing They don't even report Palestine or Syria in a balanced manner. So through my podcast and my YouTube channel, I discuss the topics, specifically related to Muslim women, that Muslim media sometimes as well, particular mainstream popular culture, will not discuss. Topics like critiquing feminism, topics such as the number of hijab bans, niqab bans that are happening in India, in France, in Canada. These are challenges that Muslim women are facing. And I'm going to keep continuing to shine a light on these topics. So, inshallah, I would love your help and support in continuing to create this content for Muslim women, which is challenging the very negative Islamophobic narrative that we are being given. I think as a Muslim creator, we should be producing content that is Islamic, that is well researched and provides hope to Muslim women and men that as Muslims, when we see an evil, we can change it with our hand. We can speak about it or we can hate it in our heart. And I think some of us are. Able to create videos and podcasts, and others who are not able to do that, like yourself, you can support that work as well and gain in the reward, inshallah, by contributing and supporting to my Patreon page. The link is in the description below. Inshallah, may Allah reward you and please do the work well for all the Muslims around the world that we can continue to challenge this Islamophobic narrative. But always remember that Allah is with the righteous.